Good morning. It's September 15th. It is a cloudy and cool morning in New York City under the influence of the offshore hurricane heading for New England. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the day and the news. About 12,700 members of the United Auto Workers at plants in three states. That's less than 10% of the workforce, but there may be more coming. As the contracts with the big three automakers, General Motors, Ford, and apparently Chrysler is now called Stellantis, have expired with no new deals in place. The New York Times reports that the targeted facilities in the strike are a GM plant in Wentzville, Missouri, that makes the GMC Canyon and the Colorado, a Stellantis complex in Toledo, Ohio, that makes the Jeep Gladiator and the Wrangler, and a Ford assembly plant in Wayne, Michigan, that makes the Bronco alongside the Ranger pickup. Obviously, the best outcome here would be that the workers get their well-deserved payday, and the big three are thwarted in their attempts to use the transition to electrical vehicles to transfer manufacturing to anti-union states. But it would be a nice second prize if those plants just stay closed and nobody can buy those abominable bloatmobiles. The strike didn't happen till midnight, so the lead story on the front of the New York Times paper paper is two columns about the fact that Hunter Biden was indicted on three gun felonies, the headline screams. That's a really granular tally of three felonies. They are, the Times reports, lying to a federally licensed gun dealer, making a false claim on the federal firearms application used to screen applicants, and possession of an illegally obtained gun for 11 days. So that's three felonies for buying the gun, filling out the paperwork to buy the gun, and having bought the gun. Real crime spree there. Elsewhere on page one, less important than the Hunter Biden situation, is the news that we are headed for another government shutdown, as House Speaker Kevin McCarthy yesterday lost control of the right wing of his conference and gave up on even trying to pass the Pentagon spending bill that was supposed to be the easiest of the spending bills to pass. This is after he already agreed to let the right wing open up an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Shockingly, giving in to their demands has only made them make more demands. Better go see the national parks while you still can. Inside the paper on page A15, Peter Baker informs the readers that the game plan for Biden is to discredit impeachment. Forget the weighty legal arguments over the meaning of high crimes and misdemeanors or the constitutional history of the removal process. Mr. Biden's defense team has chosen to take on the Republican threat by convincing Americans that it is nothing more than rank partisanship driven by the radical wing of the opposition party. Which it is. Like, they haven't even said what they would impeach him for. As Baker acknowledges in an extremely tortured way, writing, If it feels more like a political campaign than a serious legal proceeding, that is because at this point it is, at least as the White House sees it and would like others to. In the first days of their inquiry, the House Republicans made no new requests for documents, issued no new subpoenas, demanded no new testimony, and laid out no potential articles of impeachment. Instead, they flocked to the cameras to call Mr. Biden a liar and a crook. So Mr. Biden's defenders went to the cameras to return fire. Okay, but so why is this about Mr. Biden's defenders or how the White House sees it and wants other people to see it? None of those actual facts there about how aggressively unsubstantiated and unjustified the impeachment push is depend on any input from the White House itself. It's just a straight up description of what the Republicans did this week. It's okay to just write that. It's what happened. In other pathological feats of attempted balance, a full page of the inside of the paper, A9, is dedicated to looking back at the Chile coup 50 years ago, a piece that 
overall conveys how shockingly unprecedented this was for Chile, and how it was fomented by the U.S. government, which explicitly rejected democracy if democracy meant that a Marxist would be elected. But somehow, in teeing up this entire narrative, the Times manages to write, Decades later, the left and the right still exchange blame for the breakdown of democracy. The left's contribution to the breakdown of democracy apparently was to win an election and set about implementing their agenda. The right's contribution to the breakdown of democracy was to overthrow the democratically elected government, establish a dictatorship, torture and disappear thousands of people, assassinate its political opponents at home and abroad, and so on. But as always, you got to hear both sides. One place we truly don't hear both sides is on page A16, under the headline, Christie says, I see rapport with the boss is thawing. As the Times reports that former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie says that former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is achieving detente with his personal musical idol, Bruce Springsteen, who has long made it clear that he despises Christie. It's been a variable relationship over the years because we both have very passionate feelings about politics and we're on different sides of the spectrum, Mr. Christie said in an interview on Tuesday, the Times reports. But of late, I think what we both recognized is that we're both good husbands, good fathers, and love our state, and as people, care a lot about what we do. So I'd say our relationship right now is a good one. Uh-huh. Next paragraph. Mr. Christie did not elaborate on their interactions. Representatives for Mr. Springsteen, who recently announced that he was postponing performances while he is treated for symptoms of peptic ulcer disease, declined to comment. No comment, I guess, is friendlier than denouncing him as an enemy of the working man. So we'll see where this somehow mutually lopsided relationship goes next. That's the news. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to Indignity to keep us going. And we will talk again on Monday.